So let's pray and then we'll open the word of God together. Father in heaven, we recognize that each and every second, millisecond of our life on this earth is given by you. You are the one that fills our lungs with breath, uh, who has given us sound mind, who has given us a heart that beats, eyes to see, ears to hear. Lord, we thank you that you are the giver of life. And we thank you that every second that we are on this earth means that you have kept us here for a missional purpose. Father, help us not to lose sight of that. With everything that's happening in the world, Lord, we are still, as your people, on mission. We are still sharers of the gospel, offerers of the hope of Jesus Christ. Help us, Lord, to remember and recall that at every part of our day. And now, Lord, as we open your word, we ask your Spirit's blessing, rich blessing, attendance. Uh, Lord, speak to our minds and hearts this morning. Give us fresh encouragement as we look in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to come with me in your imagination to the Snowden Metro Station. How's that for just capturing your imag imagination, being at the Snowden Metro Station? Some of you are there uh, several times a week. <clears throat> Humor me here for a moment. We step aboard a train at the Snowden Metro Station and we're only going four stops to the southeast. So we get on Snowden and we ride the train until we reach Lionel Gruel Station and then we get off the train. Now before, before we got on board that train at Snowden Station, it had already traveled six stops from its originating point at Cote Vertu and then over six stops to Snowden where it picked us up, six stops. After the train drops us off at Lionel Gruel, it proceeds on without us another 20 stops to the end of the line at Montmorency. So we got on the train midstream and we get off the train midstream. When God saves us, when God rebirths us, when he adopts us into his family as a son or a daughter, when we begin our Christian life, it's like getting onto a train that has already traveled many stops. Each of us comes aboard midstream as actors in the story of God. We are not the first people in history to know Jesus, amen? The train was traveling before we boarded. There is a long history in the story of God's dealings on this earth that predates each and every one of us. God's story, the narrative of God's world, which is sovereignly administered by God, began ages before any of us were ever born. We come into the story mid Stream and we will also exit one day, we will die. And God's story, his cosmic train route, 
will continue on without our presence on this earth, at least until our bodies are resurrected. With the Bible in front of us, my friends, we know that the entire story, the entire train route from beginning to end coheres. It makes perfect, divinely ordered sense. Are you with me this morning? The whole story of the world makes sense and coheres. In the Bible, God has revealed to us, in this book, he has revealed to us the past that came before us, the present that includes us, and the future after we die. And again, the entirety of God's grand story, just so we get this, coheres perfectly. It coheres fully, totally, gloriously. And with the revelation of God's story before us, with this whole sweep of things revealed to us, our brief, transient lives then make sense. As William Willimon has written, the little story that I call my life is given cosmic eternal significance as it is caught up within God's larger account of history. One more time, Willimon says, the little story that I call my life is given cosmic eternal significance as it is caught up within God's larger account of history. But now I think you'd agree that these past two years especially have raised all sorts of trouble for us. Have they not? These past couple of years, we feel a little disoriented, many of us. There has been what I would call a veritable earthquake of turbulence and disruption globally and personally. We've been way longer with COVID than any of us predicted or wanted. Somebody say amen. COVID, which has come with its set of fears, griefs, stresses, inconveniences, layoffs, mental health issues, loneliness, anger, relational discord. And now we have the Russian invasion of Ukraine with all its death and horror and worry not to mention great societal upheavals on many levels right here at home arising with a sort of fresh and often frightening kind of vigor. The result of all of this is that many people are on edge these days. Isn't it true? Many people are on edge. Many Christians are on edge. Short with one another, weary, and sometimes lacking grace. Many people have frayed nerves. 
because of these past couple of years. And, and friends, it's in this sort of atmosphere that it, it's very easy for us, I think. It's easy for us, especially if we watch an abundance of news, too much news, if we spend too much time on social media, it's easy for us to start feeling like there is no coherence in our reality, that there is no sense in this world, that what we are experiencing and what we're seeing these days really has no rhyme or reason. Well, in the time that we have this morning, I want to rather assertively take us away from CNN and away from CBC and Al Jazeera and BBC and Twitter, take us away from those things to the Bible, amen? To God's story of God's world. Did you know that this is God's world? God's story of God's world, a story which was perfectly, we need to understand, perfectly unfolding before any of us were born, perfectly unfolding before any of us were born, and which is perfectly unfolding right now. As I speak, in the midst of all the discombobulation, the fragmentation that we're seeing these days, it is perfectly unfolding, and it is a story that will continue to unfold perfectly, even as each of us will one day get off this train, closing our eyes in death, unless Jesus comes first. So let's think together on God's revelation, his story, the story in the Bible. When God created Adam and Eve, so we're going right back to the beginning, he purposed that his glory would spread across his earth. God purposed that his good benevolent, kingly glory would extend over the entire earth through the dominion that Adam and Eve and their offspring would exercise. But then, of course, what happened? Tragedy struck, didn't it? And it struck massively when Adam and Eve disobeyed God and fell into sin. And the whole creation was then subjected to futility, to use Paul's term in Romans 8.20. The whole creation plunged into wreckage. But God's plan to have his glory cover the whole earth did not change. It did not change. And so we have God saying to Moses in Numbers 14, 21, saying what? All the earth, says the Lord, all the earth. How much of the earth? All the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord, of Yahweh. Yes, indeed. The same glory of God that in Adam and Eve's day was to fill the cosmic temple, to fill the earth. 
The same glory of God that filled the tabernacle at the tail end of Exodus chapter 40. The same glory that filled Solomon's temple in 1 Kings chapter 8. That glory of God will one day, friends, saturate and predominate and fill the entire earth. It's coming. God says so. But again, just to reassert here, so we're on the same page, God's plan to have his glory cover the whole earth did not change. And so we have David in Psalm 57, five, crying out, crying out with yearning to God, let your glory be over all the earth. And again, David says, just six verses later, Psalm 57, 11, let your glory be over all the earth. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Let the very best, most happy, most fulfilling, most blessed thing for all creation, which is your glory, let it be over all the earth. Does our heart this morning cry out and yearn in the same way that David's did. Let your glory be over all the earth, says David. And well, like father, like son. David's son Solomon also cried out in yearning. Psalm 72, 19. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. And then later on, the prophet Habakkuk came along and he reissued God's sure promise. The the, the earth, (laughs) I love this verse, will be filled, friends. Ukraine and Russia, COVID, problems at work, problems at home. The whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of what? of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. It's coming. It's coming. I wonder this morning, my friend, where is the focus of your internal yearning today? Your hope. I ask you, do you resonate deeply and even with tears with the saints who wrote the Bible? Let your glory cover the earth. Did did your heart cry out this morning when you woke up, Lord, do it, make your glory cover this earth forevermore. Come, Lord Jesus, shine, Jesus, gloriously and eternally forever as you vanquish war and pestilence and grief and death forever. Where is our focus this morning? Well, what those Old Testament saints yearned for, the glory of God manifest on earth, has in fact been inaugurated, hasn't it, in the first coming of Jesus Christ and it will come in full measure at the second coming of Jesus Christ. The fullness of God's glory 
is found in Jesus Christ. It's Jesus who has tabernacled amongst us in the Greek. According to John 1.14, the tabernacle being what? Being the location of God's glory on earth. Jesus has tabernacled amongst us. When Jesus came the first time, he was God's glory. We need to understand he was God's glory walking around in a fleshly body in the Middle East. John said of Jesus, the word became flesh and dwelt tabernacled among us and we have seen what? Hmm. We have seen with our own eyes, John says, he's speaking about himself and the other apostles, we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. James calls Jesus the Lord of glory. In James 2 verse 1, God's glory is found in Jesus Christ and it is seen in Jesus Christ. And my friend, it's in Jesus, listen, it's in the Lord of glory that your little part of the train ride, your entire life, even with its sadnesses and with its discordances and its disappointments, its worries, its griefs, together with all its joys and its fortunes and its laughter, all of it, listen carefully, all of it is being gathered up together and brought in order in Jesus Christ, made sense of within the larger context called God's story. And one blessed day, my friend, you will understand and you will recognize and you will see full, ordered meaning in every part of your experience. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the truth. Finally, we're getting to our preaching text. The truth of Ephesians 1, verses 9 and 10. If you have a Bible, please turn with me there. These two verses, 9 and 10, are part of a larger passage in Ephesians 1, which starts at verse 3. And we're going to take time this morning to read through the whole passage together. I ask you to stand, please, as we read God's Word. Now this morning I'm breaking our usual pattern of reading and preaching from the ESV. So instead, this morning, just for this morning, I'm reading from the 1995 New American Standard Bible. I think the Greek uh, gets captured a little better here. So here's what the Apostle Paul wrote. And you can read it with me if you want. I'm all, all for participation. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
who has blessed us, yes, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. In him we have, sorry, redemption, (laughs) I'm getting excited, through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he, what, lavished on us, In all wisdom and insight, he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his kind intention, which he purposed in him, with a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of the times, that is, the summing up of all things in Christ, things in the heavens and things on the earth." And we'll stop there. Please be seated. Now, the Apostle Paul covers a whole lot of wonderful and very blessed theological ground in this passage. He talks in turn of the blessings of election, adoption, and redemption, each of which the Christian has. Amen? and each of which is orchestrated by Almighty God. But we are interested this morning, particularly in the last two verses that we read, where we have yet another blessing to add to these that is described, and the blessing is that of God making known to us the mystery of his will. He made known to us the mystery of his will. Praise God. God was not obligated to make known to us human creatures the mystery of his will, but in grace, God has made known to us the mystery of his will. This is no small thing. And God's will that he has made known to us, God's design that he has made known to us is a design or a will that is, Paul says, according to his kind intention, according to his kind intention, which he purposed, where? In him. In his son, Jesus Christ. Notice those words, in him. So God's plan, God's will, his design is purposed, it is centered in the son of God, in Jesus Christ. With a view, says Paul in verse 10, with a view to what? To an administration. And the Greek word in the original here has to do with a household administration. A household management. Namely, this has to do with the crucified and risen Jesus overseeing, handling the administration of God's whole cosmic house. The whole train ride, 
the whole earth along with the whole heavens. And the cosmic administration, says Paul, is suitable to the fullness of times. That is, this cosmic administration, this cosmic management of the Son of God will be consummated, it will be brought to a glorious completion in the fullness of times on the last day. Okay, Paul, well, what will this cosmic administration, this household management look like exactly? What shape is it going to take? Paul, can you explain this further? Can you unpack this for us a little more? Now listen, if I say to you, last week I was in Alberta, that is Edmonton. The words, that is Edmonton, of course, are bringing further clarification and precision to Alberta, right? Alberta, that is Edmonton, further clarification. And here in the NASB version of verse 10, the words, that is, are bringing added clarification, explanation to what the administration is that Paul has just talked about. He says, an administration suitable to the fullness of times, that is the summing up of all things in Christ. Things in the heavens and things on the earth. So the summing up of all things in Christ, things in the heavens and things on the earth, is what the cosmic administration is going to involve. The summing up of all things is the shape that the cosmic administration takes. Now, if you're in school and you write a long paper, you have a thesis, right? And throughout that paper, you argue your thesis with several points, arguments, and several subpoints. But then in the end, you bring all the strands of your arguments together in a concise, meaningful summary. All of those loose strands being brought together, gathered up together. Well, friends, the crucified, risen, ascended, and soon coming Jesus Christ the administrator of the cosmic household, the manager of heaven and earth, in him, in Jesus, who is the goal of all things, the goal of all things is Jesus, every strand, listen, every strand of your life, every strand of my life, every sad, happy, mundane strand of your experience, every relationship, every war, throughout history, every threat of war, every virus, every birth, death, life experience, conversation, every strand of the entirety of human history and creational history, everything in in the history of both animate and in inanimate creation, all things, all things Christ will gather up and sum up all things will be brought to a unity 
in Christ and for Christ and through Christ. Amen? He is the goal. He is the end point and the main point of all things. From him and through him and to him are all things. The meaning of everything. Say that word with me. Everything. The meaning of everything is bound up in Christ and will find meaning in him, no matter how disjointed, how futile, how sad, how senseless, how meaningless, how disordered it may appear on our train ride. Remember that Jesus Christ is the one, speaking of the study on Ecclesiastes, who entered into the meaninglessness that we often feel in this life. Amen? Everything is for him and to him and through him. What Greg Beale says is scripturally so true when he says, God's cosmic household has fallen into disorder and become wrecked and fragmented. Christ comes as a household manager, he's commenting on this passage, to put God's cosmic household back in order. (laughs) May Jesus be blessed. May Jesus be exalted. May Jesus be praised and lifted high. May his profile be raised in this place. Now friends, we're gonna wrap this up, but what we've just talked about is going to happen. There's no getting around Christ's summing up, his gathering up, his bringing to the main point all things. And so the implication then is that what Vladimir Putin decides or what he does is not ultimately determinative. Amen? What COVID may still do or what another virus that we don't know about may do is not ultimately determinative. What is certain beyond any shadow of doubt is that all of history, every single strand of it, is moving to God's foreordained end point. And as the wise preacher Martin Lloyd-Jones once said, quote, if you understand these things, if you understand these things, it enables you to look at the present world crisis and remain calm. Because you know that God's ultimate plan is certain. Close quote. I simply wanted to remind you and reassert to you this morning that our future with God is certain. Nothing whatsoever, no matter what it might be, will ever be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Not tribulation or distress or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword, or death, or life, or angels, principalities, things present, things to come, powers, height, depth, or any other created thing. My fellow blood-bought believers, it will indeed, in fact, listen, it 
it will indeed in fact be the case for an absolute certainty, it will be the case that one day we will witness with our own eyes, just imagine this with me, we will witness with our own eyes the wolf lying there peacefully with the lamb. You're gonna see that, amen? We ought to be shouting about now, you're gonna see that. The cow and the bear grazing together, the nursing child playing danger-free, imagine it, by the hole of the cobra, playing with that snake. The complete renovation and reordering of this sin-sick world is coming. The old COVID, Ukraine, violent death, anger, hatred, wailing, crying age, it's passing away. The glory of God will cover the renewed earth forevermore. As those covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, we will one day actually be living the eternal reality of Revelation 21, 23. We will find ourselves in that city where the sun and moon will no longer be, lead, be needed. Why? Because the glory of God illumines it. And its lamp is the Lamb. Praise God. Let's pray together and ask God to heal us, to strengthen us, to sober us, to bring our minds and hearts back on track with Him. Father in heaven, you are to be praised this morning. You are to be worshipped, honored, exalted. Because despite what we see in this world, and we see a lot these days, your plan has never changed and will not change. And you are moving all things, no matter what they are, toward your foreordained endpoint and goal. The telos, Jesus Christ, the crucified, risen, ascended, soon coming, glorious Lord who calls us friend. We praise you. And I pray, Lord, that for each of us, no matter what we are traveling through, that hope, the hope of the gospel, the spirit would well up the hope of the gospel in each of our hearts and minds this week. Take away the dry and stony, used up places in us and replace those with the hope of the gospel. I pray in Jesus' name and for his sake, amen.